Welcome to the Royal Tax Podcast with your hosts, Megan Templeton, Royal Legal Solutions Consulting Attorney, and Royal Legal Solutions CPA, MBA, and CFO, Pete Schindley. Each week, they talk about how to take your tax and financial strategy to the next level and learn how to build and scale your real estate investing business in a way that maximizes your returns and minimizes your taxes. This is for informational use only. For direct questions, please contact us or your local tax CPA accountant. So we'll go ahead and get started this morning. We may have a couple of friends joining us here shortly. Um, but so, you know, for those of you who are new, welcome. My name is Megan Templeton. Um, this is our Royal Tax Show. So I'll be your host for today. And we've got our resident CPA and CFO on the call with us, Pete. And Pete will today will be doing a presentation for us about short-term rentals. Yeah, for today's presentation, we're going to focus on short-term rentals, mainly Verbo and Airbnb, and just kind of give a high-level view from the federal standpoint on what type of activities you do as a rent renter or the rental person, um, whether it becomes active or passive income, and then kind of how to work around and make it passive income. So we'll be focusing high level on the federal way. Um, Ken, are you able to share the PowerPoint? So um, today's going to be kind of a higher level view of our short-term rental, which basically is Airbnb, Verbo. Um, Normally, rentals are passive income, unless you're a real estate professional, and then you can claim that as active income. Um, Short-term rentals, though, mostly by the IRS viewpoint, are kind of classified as active, and they're an exception to that passive income rule. So next slide. what makes a short-term rental? Um, it really all kind of depends on the definition, but usually it's if your average rental period, which we'll get into that calculation in the future slides, is seven days or less. Um, if the rentals used for 30 days or less, but there are significant services provided and that significant service, that's the, the key point on whether to be passive or active income with your Airbnb. Um, an example of a property that would have that would be a hotel. And then another short-term rental that would not be considered passive income is when there's actually zero days rented, rented, but there's extraordinary services provided. So usually those would be considered like retirement homes or old folks homes where even though you're living there at that facility, the amount of money, the five to six, $10,000 a month you're paying to live there is really for the medical care, the food, the cleaning. So you're kind of paying for those services, not really a place to stay like an apartment. So those would also follow under a trade or business, which is considered active income. So for example, on our first um, active income being seven days or less, what we've done here is I've just kind of created a very generic formula because this is mostly what your Airbnbs would look like. So the first data point you need to get is how many days was the Airbnb rented? So in this example, it was rented for 200 days for the year. Then there was 30 different customers that came and rented that Airbnb for the year. So on average, your rental was 6.67 days. This puts it under that seven-day threshold. And in the IRS viewpoint, this would be active income. Now, most Airbnb rentals are probably closer to that two to three days but that'd still be less than seven. 
So again, the IRS would view that as active income to start. Um, the problem with it being viewed as active income is you have to pay self-employment tax on it, which is at 15.3%. So on top of all the other fees that you're having to pay to run the business, you know, you do now have your self-employment tax. And then also to file this as an active income, you do it on your 1040 Schedule C, which that's where you'll see on your tax return, it'll flow to your 1040, and then you'll get a credit for half that 15.3% self-employment tax, but you're still having to pay it because it's considered active income. And the main driver to, in the IRS viewpoint, to make it active income is so far you've met every category that makes it active. But if you don't provide substantial services, um, any flow chart that you look online or any other type of accounting firm, the general consensus is it's active, it's active until you get to this question point in the diagram or the decision tree. Do you provide substantial services? If you don't provide substantial services, then that can actually disqualify from active and keep it as passive income. Want more information? Join our community groups that exist to provide a space for like-minded people on a similar journey to learn, share, and network with real estate investing professionals and entrepreneurs. We meet weekly for an hour in Zoom to offer knowledge and accountability. Be sure to grab the link in our show notes. Now you may ask what substantial services are, and unfortunately the IRS does not list those. However, there is kind of a growing consensus the substantial services, which I'll list a few on the following slide, um, are pretty basic and I'm not aware of many Airbnb owners that are actually providing those services as it is. Um, providing gas, heat, electricity, having the place cleaned before the guest arrives and after, um, those wouldn't qualify as a substantial service. Maintaining the yard, that's not a substantial service. Um, you can still manage the property as in creating the bookings online, collecting the cash. Um, that doesn't make it an active income if you do that. You can still kind of run the business remotely and still have it be passive income at that point. So the main thing- yeah. is I've got a quick question. Yep. If the number of units, I mean, it's not substantial, but I mean, if, and I'm just making a number here, if you had dozens of Airbnbs, I, I, I mean, even, even things that don't sound like they're substantial become more substantial by numbers. And I know it can be vague in the law and all that, but does that come into play at all? Um, what you could do is to be on the safe side, you could, you could say those are substantial services. You could record it as a Schedule C active income. But what you could then do is you could have a separate entity that actually, let's say, owns that a building that you're talking about. And that separate entity that owns the building could do a long-term rental to each one of those units that you're doing an Airbnb for. So when you do the Airbnb as active income, because let's say you, you feel you're doing substantial services, you can write a check then from the Airbnb entity to the entity that owns the building as long-term rent and kind of zero out your active income that way. 
if, you, if you're afraid of falling into the substantial service. Because yeah, if you're there letting people in, if you're delivering food, if you're um, cleaning while they're there, which is kind of this next slide here, those would all be considered substantial services. So overall, these are kind of like the four main ones I've seen that would automatically qualify a substantial service. So if the guest is staying there during the stay, if you clean their room, if you do concierge services, make reservations for them at restaurants, if you pick them up from the airport, take them to the airport, if you take them to restaurants, you know, you just kind of Uber them around as part of the service of staying there, that'd be a substantial service. So, um, Chris, what I th think you're asking though, is if you have all the units in one place, you might at that, that point have a management company kind of running it, which then would be a trader business and active income. That made sense to you. So um, <clears throat> one way to get around it again is to stay passive income, just try not to do the substantial services. And if you have to do them due to the location or the quantity, we can set up an entity where you do a long-term agreement with and kind of just do income transfer that way to make it passive. If you're able to make a profit, which depending on the market, you may not. Overall, I just kind of wanted to do a quick recap of that and then open it to more of a conversation on questions on the active and passive income for the Airbnb and Verbo. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you're feeling overwhelmed with taxes as they relate to your real estate business and investments, or you're unsure if you're doing your accounting correctly, fill out our five-minute quiz. With the information from this quiz, you'll schedule a meeting with a Royal Legal Solutions advisor who will provide you with powerful tax-saving strategies on your first call. Go to www.royallegalsolutions.com tax to fill it out.